0: you've been part of the journey so what's your definition of the word intentional
1: oh knowing where you want to go i mean having a having a a feeling that is motivating you forward that's how i describe intentional welcome to the intentional growth podcast the show that teaches you how to grow the value of a company with an end in mind Host Ryan Tansom interviews top business leaders, authors, entrepreneurs, and other professionals who share their experience and expertise about buying, growing, and selling companies.
0: Thanks for tuning back in, and I'm excited for today's episode. As I was thinking about today's episode and some of the things that we've been talking about over the last couple of years about the five intentional growth principles, shifting our mindset to grow long term value and to have a financial asset that actually creates more choices for what we want to do from our entrepreneurial career, if we want to pivot or if we want to exit or liquidate or whatever the heck it is that we want. We want to set ourselves up for choices and over the last couple of years the, the biggest realization that i had as we had hundreds of people go through our training is that people kept looking at us and saying hey those how you show the financials that's what i'm very interested in because it shows where i'm at today and where i want to be whether it's understanding how you can hit your distributions for the next four years, how to pay your taxes, what your working capital is, if you're funding your compounding annual growth rate and all the ideas and the strategies that you have, making sure that you have the money and the funding while also hitting your distributions. A lot of choices, but it doesn't have to be that complicated. And so Pat and I created this intentional growth financial assessment where we have 23 questions and we break down the financials into four sections. On the results page, after you get an overall score and four subcategory scores on the financials, we show what good looks like on the results page. So we're showing what how you organize your financials in a way that you can actually project out the value of your business like a private equity firm, see your company as an asset, see your distributions, when and how you reinvest, and what the return of that investment is, which is a more, more valuable business. So if you've not checked out the Intentional Growth Financial Assessment, go check it out at arcona.io. Otherwise, check it out in the show notes. Uh, The second update is this show is now on YouTube. It has been now for three months. I keep forgetting to talk about that. But if you would like to watch myself and the guests, go for it. Go on to YouTube. That's also in the show notes. So... On to today's episode, I'm super excited because a dear friend of mine, David Mann, who is a storytelling wordsmith genius, uh, for the lack of any other way to put it, and I'm just going to read his bio and then I'm going to tell you why I think this is so important. So David is a story specialist who teaches leaders and attorneys how to make an impact by clarifying their message. He's used his skills as an actor, director, playwright to help business leaders and attorneys win cases and grow their businesses. David teaches at Loyola School of Law in Chicago and the National Institute for Trial Advocacy. His case story guidance has produced winning verdicts in cases ranging from medical malpractice to securities fraud. For business leaders, David has created executive presentations and impact on messaging for companies in finance, construction, medical device, airline strategic planning, and IT. As a professional theater artist, David has directed or acted in productions ranging from Shakespeare to Disney. He's created six critically acclaimed one-person shows and is the recipient of the Bush Artist Fellow of Storytelling. What does all that mean? He breaks stuff down so people can understand what the heck we're talking about. You can relate and you can understand how to connect and move people to where they want to go and understanding how you fit and you and your business and service offerings fit into your customer's hero's journey. Why this is so awesome is I hired David four or five years ago when I won a a bet to do my first keynote, which is literally where the five principles came from. David has this amazing, magical talent of breaking down complicated stuff to make it relevant to the people in the audience. And if you think about in in trials or on a stage for a play, the stakes are really high and you have to completely grab people's attention and then bring them along a journey and entertain them until they're done. David's gonna talk about how that relates to business and your marketing and messaging and then I weave in how that will relate to a more valuable business and how strategic planning and financial clarity will help you even more on your messaging. So, sorry for the long intro, but thanks for tuning in and I really hope you enjoy this interview with David Mann.
1: Sponsored by Arcona's Intentional Growth Digital Course. Ryan Tansom and Pat Hobby show you how to shift your mindset away from solving for annual income to focusing on strategies that create long-term value, giving you the freedom and choices to take control of the future destiny of your business. Accelerate your knowledge with 36 videos and dozens of exercises that combine decades of experience buying, growing, and selling companies. Learn more by going to arcona.io or visiting the show notes. Hello, David. Well, hello there, Ryan. (laughs) Oh, man. For
0: the listeners here, this is going to be a lot of fun. So David is a dear friend of mine. And uh, I'm going to give a little bit of the backstory. You were on the podcast, David, I think uh, three years ago or something like that. Yeah. I actually remember I was in Florida doing the podcast, and I'm definitely not in Florida right now. (laughs) So I'll I'll just kind of tee up. I want to give everybody just a little bit of history on how you and I came to be also friends, what you did to me uh, in the business to begin with. But then I want to kind of tee up messaging and how that ties into strategic planning and finance and more valuable businesses. We'll kind of just tee everybody up for these concepts, and then you yeah. and I are going to have a fun yeah. dialogue around messaging. That's pretty much it. great. <laughs> and if be yeah, right. And the, for the listeners, when David and I go out for beers and we're hanging out, like it, we're like always like, hey, we should just record this last like four hours. And it's like, <laughs> well, we, we won't let everybody you know go through that kind of pain, but we'll try and be concise. And it's going to be a, a fun dialogue. So. Why don't you just give the high-level overview of your background, David, your passion behind messaging, why you think it's so important, yeah. and why your different disciplines actually relate together.
1: Yeah, I really believe really wholeheartedly in messaging, in connecting with people, with words. And words are ideas, and I, you know, when the idea is good and the words are good and the delivery of it is good, you make connections, and when you make connections, good things happen. So that's what I really believe in and it comes from a lot of you know sources in my life but it's uh, my foundation career what i started out with is theater you know a professional actor director and playwright all the way up till i was almost 40 years old that's all i did and that is all about connecting with an audience through the use of stories and words and images so that they have an immediate response it's not like we're going to you know, watch the play 16 times and eventually have a response. It's you have to get them immediately in that moment and they have a response. That's hard to do, but it's really gratifying when it happens. So I turned 15 or so years ago, I turned that into expanded it into working with business people. Initially, who so uncre- actually have money, right? Because so you're not eating ramen. Yeah, right. <laughs> so right. It's like <laughs> like yeah. broke artists is a brilliant, but yeah, uh, <laughs> I mean, when it's really art, you know, then it's you're going to be broke if you turn it into some other thing, it's, you know, but I so <laughs> I so I, so I uh, started working with business and in insurance first in just sort of classic sales presentations and then expanded that to the broader idea of messaging for marketing and making connections. And then along the way, about 12 years ago, started working with lawyers, which is largely the huge part of what I do now is training lawyers. And I'm not a lawyer, but they love that I'm not a lawyer. And they love that it comes from the kind of the, uh, the outside kind of artistic viewpoint, because what are they doing? They're having to connect with ordinary people and get them to respond instantly to something and then take action on it. That's the key thing. It's not just listen and go, well, that was nice. It's listen (laughs) and go, I want to do something about it, you know? So it's that and sales marketing language and messaging and connecting with an audience in an entertainment or artistic way are all exactly the same thing. And in a way, I mean, there's different stakes to them all, but, you know, they're the same Action. And so that's what I do. I mean, in a nutshell.
0: And and I'm so excited to to weave all these different stories in your background together. Cause like you said, especially with today, like you and I talk all every week about like the crazy, ridiculous stuff going on in the news and the information, the lack of trust in information, and just no one resonating with their audience because of how much freaking noise is out there. And yeah. we're gonna we're gonna put a pin in this because you and I are gonna rally around this in a little bit, but I wanted to, I wanted to come back to, cause I've watched your journey as you've been integrating your, the practice with law and the communication and the presentations with law or people and assessing their keynotes and the theater and your acting background. I've watched these all come together over the last four or five years and have been so exciting to watch Cause you know, you got Donald Miller's story brand and everybody's been talking about selling with stories yeah. and we're going to make this, you and I are going to take that a step further about like, what does that actually mean? And how does that tie to like what someone can do in a business, but when I was sitting so I was sitting in a uh, what's the association, the National Speakers Bureau or something like that? NSA, NSA and I was sitting in the back so the, for the for the audience here, this is a, a fun history lesson because we have the intentional growth five principles. David helped create those with me because it was back in 2017. I lot I, I won a bet with a, a, a gentleman named Kurt Therio who has a CEO of peer group where if I if I won the bet, I would be the keynote presenter and I won and I was like, oh shit. What am I going to talk about? I've got this awesome (laughs) story. And so I watched David critiquing David Horsager, who wrote The Trust Edge. He's been on the podcast a couple of times. I'm like, David Horsager makes like 25 grand or more whatever for a presentation. And you're critiquing. I'm like, I don't know. David Mann must know his shit because he's (laughs) critiquing this guy. I'm like, David I have no idea what the hell I'm going to talk about. So I literally sat down and engaged with you, and for like four different sessions that were like what an hour and a half, I just went. Bleh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Right. Right.
0: Well, and tell, which, tell people what what I, what you were doing when I was doing that. Like, why did that work, and why was that? Like, how does that tie into your acting? That what's going on with well, the uh, I mean, Lego space?
1: That's all I ever do is listen to people just kind of gush out the the unfiltered version of what they're trying to say. And my whole job, the whole thing I created for myself to do is to clean that up into little packages that are understandable. Because it, because if you just gush information at people, it, it, it sort of works for the person speaking because they're just, well, I know this and I know this and I know that, you know, they're just, here's all the things I know. And then it puts all this pressure on the audience to clean it up and go, well, I'm going to now I have to make sense of it as the audience. So what I do is clean it up in advance of handing it to the audience, which is what I did with you. And along the way, because all we were trying to do is is clean up your one hour. That Like, what do you what's Ryan going to say in one hour that's going to be understandable to an audience? <laughs> and along the way, we discovered well, Ryan has a whole mess of stuff that in his business kind of like, what is all these, all these different threads that he's trying to tie together in his business are the reason why it's hard to articulate in a compact form for an audience. And so that's why we were like, well, maybe we should take a look at, you know, a little deeper dive than just this one keynote. And that's how we ended up leading to the five principles.
0: Well, and I think David, we're A lot of people have issues, you know, like, so Donna Miller's story brand, right? It's like, if you confuse, you lose back when, when he started with that tagline. And I understand the whole story brand framework, but it doesn't really get through like that. How are you going to then deploy this in presentations or a podcast or a, you know, sales presentation or or, uh, whatever it might be. And you know, what you, you, there was a conversation you and I were having at one of our uh, uh, happy hours. And it was like, you and I both grew up kind of feeling like I don't know. There's everybody's way smarter than us. Yeah. I must be missing yeah. something. And so uh, maybe t- kind of tell that story because I think yeah. that approach, like when you were doing that to me, you're doing, you do it. You have such high level of tactical empathy. When I say that you can get into the minds of various audience whether it's the jury for the legal uh clients of yours or whoever might be is getting into their minds of like what the hell is this person (laughs) trying to tell me
1: well and so explain that approach that's what we well we what we were sitting there talking about which was such a great kind of awakening is like you felt dumb too yeah i felt dumb (laughs) i thought i was the one who i was the only one it's like this big secret i i always thought it was kind of dumb and what what do they do they told me all this stuff about what this company does i don't know what they do. yeah And I spent years and years like that, like listening to people talk and going, oh, I'm not following this and I don't, I don't know what they're talking about because I'm dumb. (laughs) I'm the problem. And, and then went like, or maybe it's that they're not being clear because they don't have their act together, you know? And I, I mean, I'm talking about listening to just about anything, anywhere kind of front and center would be like watching plays this is where this all started for me is watching other people's plays who would walk around in the lobby being like oh my god i am so important and everybody's oh he's so important and i'd go to that guy's play and go i don't know what the fuck that was about you know (laughs) (laughs) like i don't know what did he say what was it what what, yeah, what, yeah. what was that about? <laughs> what was it about? And everybody's like, oh, God. it's like total emperor's new clothes, you know, like, oh, God, it was brilliant. And I'd be like, I don't think so. I don't I guess I'm too stupid. And then when I started to direct plays rather than just act in them, but to direct them, out, oh, you can actually control how clear or not clear this is. My production of Macbeth is one of the more complicated, messy. The second half of it is really a messy Thing. Shakespeare kind of overwrote that part of the play. So every production of Macbeth I've seen, I've been like, oh my God, I'm so bored. I just, I just, I'm so bored. I want to walk. I'd rather be having beers than watching this stupid, stupid play that's supposedly (laughs) great, you know? So when I directed it, um, I made sure to clean up that second half by editing it and really streamlining the staging. And people were coming away going, Oh my God, I understood that play for the first time. This is a play that's been around for 400 and some years. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> so that's where a lot of that started for me. As I was like, you can, from, this, from the point of view of the person uh, putting out the material, you can control how clear or not clear it is. And therefore, the reaction you're going to get back from those people, you're going to get a positive reaction back if they go, oh, I feel smart. I kept up. You mm-hmm. know?
0: I mean, well, and I think about I want to tie in your the 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 play and the acting directing part of, uh, of your past as well as the what you're doing with the right. lawyers yeah. because I want to weave this together for the listeners. In right now, we're going to tie this into business and marketing and messaging and then growing a business and then understanding what, how to actually go about doing that. But I think so. When I think about the stakes, like when you when you told me this story back in the day, David, where you're like. You go on a and you do a lot of one, I don't know what the word would be. One person's uh, stand up where it's you going up yeah. there and you go up there and it's a play or whatever you want to, whatever the word is for it. But you immediately need to be like awesome for the audience. Like you have one yeah. second where they're going, this person's yeah. either an idiot or not. And then yeah. I need to, you need to like hook them and then keep them entertained the whole time. Yeah. Otherwise they're going to boo you off the stage and going back to them, the attorneys, you know, there's a reason that ted talks are 18 minutes right and like the the attorneys have what 20 minutes to then present to the to the jury yeah who's just plain lay people right and then it's usually complicated topics so again stakes are high where the people need to understand it and be entertained immediately and then they need to take action off of it on their own accord yeah which makes a ton of sense and so i don't even know if there's a there's a thought or question but i thought when i when i heard you say those two things i'm like well this is just a freaking business, man. Like, of course, David can help me with this. I just need
1: to relate to my, the
0: people that that are trying to understand how to work with
1: us. Yeah, I mean, that's the the connection. I'll just make the connection right now. How it's, I refer to audiences, you know, because you can visualize an actor on a stage in front of an audience. But everything is an audience when you want to connect and make someone care about what you have you know, what you have to offer, what you've come to tell them or whatever, it's an audience. So clients, potential customers, it's, you just have to visualize it as though, okay, you've, you're in a room together with your key clients, the people that would potentially, potentially purchase your services. What, are, and, and, but they've got an attention span, they've got <laughs> limited attention or span. lack of <laughs> so yeah. a room together, but all the doors are open. So, at any point, they can just walk out if they're if you are not interesting, okay, So if you visualize your business being in that kind of an environment where those those customers are kind of like passing by and going, "What's this?" And then they go, uh, nah, and then they, walk, they literally walk away. If you can visualize that, well, then what are you going to do? Are you going to sit there and go, here's the back history of our whole company, <laughs> and here are the 18 services in great detail that we offer? Are you going to do that? No, because they're going to walk right through those doors. Mm-hmm. But if you can get their attention, bam, in just a second, so that they go, oh, I, I'm interested, and then they, they they're, in, they're in, uh, Chris Voss, you know, the FBI negotiator, mm-hmm says you have seven seconds, which is I think pretty accurate to get a to get them to pay attention so that they give you another like ten seconds mm-hmm. so that they give you another thirty seconds you know it it's expands, but mm-hmm. that is the way a performer thinks, and it's which the way I always teach my uh all my attorneys that I work with. I'm like, yes, they are required by law to sit there and look at you. <laughs> And they, you know, they can't just walk away because people don't, they generally don't walk away literally, but everybody walks away mentally when they're not Mm -hmm. interested. And they're going to be doing that after seven seconds, unless you've grabbed their attention, you know,
0: and in both of those examples. I think that a business, the business owners listening can go, yeah, the stakes are that high for us as business owners. We're like in a play, I mean, you got people staring at you and you know what that's going to be like if they don't like you. And then as a, when you're sitting in front of a jury, yeah, they they, they were randomly picked, but like, you're not like, you're now sitting there in front of a bunch of strangers and you have to change, you have to get them to like you and care about you because you show that you care about them immediately. Otherwise they're going to be complete. You're not going to be able to control What they're going to be their actions afterwards. So, when when I think about, I want to kind of tee up what I see as a a huge problem in the marketing messaging space and tied to kind of the 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 fundamentals of business. And then, what I want to do is, and after I do that, David, let's talk about how a story brand and some of these other philosophies fit in. And then we can talk about like actually like some of the like ways that people can actually implement this instead of confusing everybody. So like what I've seen and. And just totally off the top of my head, when I look at businesses, David, you know, at with the intentional growth framework where we we help people understand that, like, hey, the financials, more sustainable, predictable, transferable cash flow creates more valuable business, period. End of story. OK, how do we generate more clients in the right products and services that we want in order to generate more sustainable, predictable and transferable cash flow? Well, what happens is I see people, they, they, they always try and fix their growth problem immediate with sales and marketing. Mm -hmm. And it's like, and and I can only imagine the marketers that constantly have an issues are like, okay, well, who are you selling what to and why? And people haven't built a strategic plan or and tied that to their numbers. (laughs) And so like, yeah, hypothetically, the way that people should do it is, hey, here's our strategic plan. And so we're going to have these products and services in these marketplaces for these reasons, because these are the things that help our ideal clients. Once you've identified that in a strategic plan, you then roll that into a a financial budget and you say, okay, here are the different line items and the margins associated with these different products and services. And these are the margins that we're going to make to get the cash flow that we want. Then we can go, okay, how are we going to message to these people with products and services with the right time and attention and the right vehicles? But now we still get to this messaging issue. And if you didn't do everything I just said, you're just pissing away money on Facebook ads or trade shows, just hoping yeah. that people are just going to randomly gravitate towards your generic message. Yeah. And it's just completely yeah. a, like a lost. <laughs>
1: it's just yeah. A, well, it's, I think that, I think the appeal of it, why people do that is they feel like they are keeping busy and they're doing something to build their business. They're spending a lot of money and they're spending a lot of time and they're doing a lot of things. And so they go, see, I'm working hard. I'm building my business. And it's like, yeah, no, I mean, you know, thousands of ads that we see on social media every day that we ignore because they're not relevant to us or they're not capturing our attention or something like that. And it's it the you know, it it's I see it all the time that just colossal waste of resources on a it's usually not. You know, Donald Miller says confusing messages. Okay, yes, confusing messages are a problem when somebody's trying to sort of dump information or like, here's everything that we do and, you know, just pushed at you. Yes, that's a problem. But I think more of a problem is generic messaging. If you haven't done the work that you are talking about right now, that's that's the critical work to do in advance, to come up with what is the core idea of our company that is unique not so unique that it's freaky, but mm-hmm. just like it's it's personal and it's relatable and it's what we actually have grounded out, it's what we're really doing. If you don't do that, you end up with, every everybody's got the same message. We will build your revenue and cut your- Solutions, exceptions. solutions, <laughs> innovation. solutions. I, yeah. wanna,
0: I, wanna, I wanna push back a little bit on that because I think, so what were you saying? Like, yeah, you don't want generic, but how many times have you seen the person that's trying to be too cute with their messaging? So how is that different?
1: Well, I I don't I don't see that enough for that to be something that's like a huge problem. I mean, yeah, oh, there really? are people who try to they, they get people can be a little bit too cute with it or too um uh just kind of ambiguous, man. Mark.
0: Well, cuz like well cuz you can I think well, maybe a different way of saying it is the more unique you get to not be generic, the more confusing you are. Like it's like I, honestly, I just want a wealth well, manager I just want a wealth manager to be like I manage people's money and I do some financial planning and manage some 401ks instead of I like whatever bullshit that they're spewing or a CPA be like, I do audits, tax returns. I do reviews, compilations and quality of earnings. Right. That's what I do versus like, I'm this trusted advisor that and all this like crazy, ambiguous words or phrases that just confuse everybody. So I don't know where's the balance.
1: Well, that's a great question because But I would say that the thing is, is that people don't tend to get when they when they do the thing you're calling the cute thing or whatever, they tend to stay really generic and vanilla with that. And so it's confusing and vanilla and stupid. So I'll use my own (laughs) thing as an example. I've been zeroing in on my own messaging for a long time, just calling my company Simple Message, which is like four or five years now that I've been doing that, that the company is the thing that I am, that I am offering. So I am, you come to me and you get a simple message. You know, that's like, it's, that's why I did it that way. Uh, so that clears up a lot of it right there. And that's a specific thing. It's not just messaging, it's simple messaging. And then I wanted to go one step further. And my current website that's going to be launched like this week, the first thing you see after simple messages, own your stage. And then the, the line, turn your ideas into words that inspire action. So all of that in a row, simple message, own your stage, turn your ideas into words that inspire action should add up to, oh, I see what this guy basically does. Mm -hmm. That is not what every other marketing company is saying they do or every other consultant is saying they do. There's nothing in there that says like, and then grow your revenue. I mean, it's like, yes, duh, of course it's gonna help you grow your revenue. <laughs> and that's on there somewhere else on the page. But I mean, that's what I mean is that using that stuff. So I could also use your example of your company and how, where it started and where it ended, because I think uh, what Arcona has done, what we did together basically a few years ago is a perfect example of something that is that is personal and and not generic. But it's not so off the out into the weeds in the wilderness that it looks weird. So what we ended up with was intentional growth. So Arcona, intentional growth. Well, everyone isn't calling that saying that about their. No, that's that's a unique phrase, but it's not a weird phrase. You know.
0: Well, and and I want to yes, and I want to unpack it because you and I were talking about telling the audience kind of the the history behind the evolution of the, of the words. But before we do that, David, I want to go in back into like the examples of like where this falls flat and where people would be experiencing. Like, so when they're kind of thinking about this, like, they're probably thinking about how's my messaging right now. And it's like you said, own your stage. What is the stage? Is it, is it social media ads? Is it sales presentations? Is it a trade show? Is it keynotes? Is it a podcast, podcast intros and commercials? Like you're talking to people in all these different mediums that all, you know, the amount of podcasts, I mean, like a million podcasts got created in the last 12 months or 24 months. So like the noise that people have going out, the point of my comment here is the attention span of seven seconds, having it come from a place of what does it mean to me? And so few people do that. You know, like uh, the, the two books that, you know, obviously story brand that we keep talking about, but, uh, Bob Mesta's book, um, demand side selling yeah, that right, right. progress where like, it's such a good example of like, What the hell does this company or message mean to me to make progress towards what I'm trying to do? Can you kind of tie that together into the short attention span and how, how you're using that as like the first time when you're stepping up on that stage and then the rest of the journey starts?
1: Yeah. Well, I I think what you're saying is you have to, was I not clear or simple? (laughs) I can, I can translate. (laughs) You're Um, you're kind of good at that. You got to lead with them. So leading with how what you have relates to them. The first thing that they should sense is that you are telling them how it's what it what matters to them and not what matters to you. But you it has to matter to you, (laughs) too. You know, the thing is, is that a lot of most most companies, the vast majority of companies lead with themselves. So the first thing that you see on any of their marketing is we do this and we do this and we do this and we do this. Or Did you just sum up say, my,
0: LinkedIn, my, uh, my LinkedIn
1: feed? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, really, you know, we do this, we do that. And then it might be like, and here's why we do this and we do this and we do this and we do this and what we care about and what our values are. All of that is important. And it should be in your, your stuff somewhere. Of course, you have to have your why. And of course, you, uh, yes, and people should know that. But the key thing that I'm always working with people on is, but not first, the first thing that they should encounter when they come to your service, whether it's your website or any other way that they're encountering you for the first time, should be something instantly that's about them. And it should say it in words and ideas that says, this is about you. That's why I chose the phrase, own your stage. Yep. And, the, and nobody's coming to my um, website going, you know, I want to, I want to be an actor. So it's not about an actual literal stage, but it's about what I have underneath it, personal organizational and legal. Those are the three areas of stage. Oh oh, yeah. Organi- yeah. Great. A business stage. Okay. Great. And then what, the like
0: what format is that stage?
1: Is it online? Is it an actual stage right. or is it a podcast? And like, it can be any of those. Cause stage is such a wide open word. Stage also means stage of development. So it's, it, it it's a wide open word, but the key thing is say your and you, I can't remember your phrase on Arcona's site, but it's something similar to that. Like, this is what you will, you know, you are if you here and- If you
0: focus on growing a more valuable business, in parentheses, with the end in mind, you have the ability to turn your vision into reality.
1: Yeah. And so how many times is the word you in that? Like four or five times. No, and that's not, perfect. Arcona's awesome. No, it's, yeah, like, it's
0: great. Yeah. Well, and, and, and we'll go back to the Arcona example of our messaging, but the, I think what's also going back to, my earlier comment about the mechanics of a strategic plan rolled into the budget with specific products and services with with specific margins that you want yeah. to you you want to hit, tying that back to the sales and marketing, the messaging. Most people have no idea what products and services they should be selling at what margin, what volume, for what reasons, and actually why their customers really need that shit.
1: Yeah, right. And
0: like what right. solutions. Or what problems? Going back to Bob Mesta, like what problems are they really solving?
1: Right. To speak right. to
0: them because so like if you think about the like the refinement of a strategic plan, saying we're going to be doing you know intentional growth training, fractional CFO services, strategic planning, valuations, because of these reasons, because our clients want to create wealth, make an impact, and have fun. Okay, well that makes sense, and there's a there's a journey there, but most people have never done that work, so then they're sitting there going, we do shit. It's like okay, we're a, we're an advisor, we're a trusted advisor, we'll help you grow. It's like, well, like you said, and so there's not this, there's not a foundation to then do the story work and they don't know why their clients actually need their services. It's almost this implied that people have to come work with, work with us.
1: So they don't know enough about what it means to them. Is that, I don't know if that. Well, it's makes, yeah, it's the the whole, the, the core of all of this is, again, I use the word audience. Think about your audience. Think about what they're thinking about and what they're wanting and where they are in their lives and what, you know, you got to spend a lot of time imagining you are them who does not know about you already. And they're not, so they're not thinking about, oh, I think I need a XYZ service today. If your company is XYZ, they just think I have a problem I had I need to solve somehow. So I'll go, I try to stay away from Steve Jobs references, but it's so perfect for this you know if you think about before there was an iPod before before we just took for granted that you could have all that music in a little device a, a lot of us had the problem of like i've got i drive my car and i have 600 CDs or it used to be <laughs> cassettes all over the car and reaching for you know like what in like i can only have one album at a time in my walkman you know i mean that was the life we all lived and took for granted so, he could have gone like, oh, well, I wanna make the world's best technology and it's gotta have all these bells and whistles and it's gotta have all this memory and, and marketed it that way. But he kept pushing and went like, no, 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 that's not it, that's not it. And what they came up with, if you remember the very first tagline for the iPod before there was a smartphone, was 10,000 songs in your pocket, which is the perfect thing. Cause you're like, now that has solved my problem. I need to have 10,000 or however many thousand songs available to me all the time that's a uh, now my problem is solved i don't really care the technology behind it you have solved my problem and he's mm-hmm. able to, he was able to lead with that message and get people to go, I want one of those. I want one of those. I want one of those, you know, cause they, it's a problem solved mm-hmm. in a one phrase, you know? Well, and it, I want to, you have a completely different,
0: cause it's a wonderful example, but I think I am putting my, my hat back on when we sold copiers and it services. Yeah. No one gives a shit. I'm just going to say it right. Like, like we pretended and tried so many things to pretend that we weren't a commodity. <laughs> it's mm-hmm, just like, mm-hmm. dude, we sell copiers. Everybody freaking hates them. They print, they scan, they should be colored. It needs to freaking work just like the light switch. You turn it on, it's got to work. Yeah, and if it right. doesn't, you're pissed. So like, I think so many times, and especially in like the general economy, not everybody's creating the next iPod or the next AI or the next, you know, right, Bitcoin right. platform or Coinbase or whatever it might be. It's like, No a CPA or oh by the way you're a steel fabricator and you will be tomorrow and or by the way you're a consulting firm that does this yeah how how do you how does this apply to people that are just doing normal things like that but are still trying to relate to their client that might not be interested in what they're doing.
1: Yeah that's a really good nuance to to throw out there because everyone isn't doing it making an iPod iPod I know. So you went iPhone, iPod. It's been a while. I thought, yeah, all that stuff, yeah. So I think that 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 the thing is, is that you're you're very. I agree completely on making it like just like totally clear what you do. So I'm a CPA, you know, <laughs> like that needs to be. Can't be. I some sell copy, I sell thing. copiers. Hey, by I the way, copiers. Oh, like I'm, when,
0: I'm a, I just got I'm a risk mitigator. blah blah blah. blah. No. Oh, you sell insurance.
1: (laughs) Yeah, right. I know. Oh my God. Yeah. Just, it's so exhausting. Just tell me what you do. There's other, there's other stages in a sense of where you can communicate. So if the, if the kind of basic service you're offering is something that is just sort of like I sell copiers, well, then you've got the process can be something that you can articulate very simply. How do you sell them? And how do, how have I alleviated your problem getting a copier? Or another stage could be the um, here's who we are and what this is where it would be like, you know, this is how, the kind of people we are, the kind of values we have. Can you communicate that in the simplest, clearest, most like three second way possible so that people go, oh, you're my people. You are my people selling copiers. Well, you know, and I want to pull their messages.
0: Right. And, and I'll pull that thread because a gr- a good strategic plan where you're doing a SWAT, you're doing the flywheel, you're doing your ideal customers and how your product and market or your product and services fit into a marketplace. Yeah. You're identifying your uniqueness and then you're using that as the story. Is, is that a good way of kind yeah, of summing right. up what you're saying? Right. Like, right. yeah, I, we have, we, you sell copiers in their commodities or you're a steel fabricator, but what are the main problems of people that buy steel? Oh, is it showing up with the right the right measurements? Is it the right, yeah. you know, cons- right consistency of pricing or whatever that is? You're you're still able to go back and go. What are the problems that the clients I mean, are ex- the, experiencing? The, the,
1: if the if the product or service is something that is pretty you know ordinary, go to the process the the process of getting that product from you. If you can make that seem like it's just as easy as buying a pair of shoes. Then that's what you need to focus on, and that's usually the 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 layer that people just do not pay any attention to in their messaging. It just looks like a confusing process, or it's a it can process I can't even, I don't even know how to do it. How do I buy this from you? You know, and and when it's when it is something that you can literally click a button and buy, you know, it's an Amazon like a product. Well, then okay, it's it, it's pretty easy to make that simple. But with I think a lot of the listeners here, the the, the process isn't just a. I buy it one time and now I've bought that thing. It's more of an ongoing thing. It might have stages to it to the to the purchasing. You know, there's going to be we're going to work. Together for part or one and or deployment. Two and part three. All of that has to be instantly understandable and matter to them. That, like, oh yeah, I'm going to get something that I need on all stages of this process and be able to see it like in one graphic or something like that. I mean, it's you've done a great job on that on, on your site. It's like, oh, I see this is a this is a pretty could potentially be a big engagement, but it looks really simple.
0: Well, And that's it, what you're, you know. It's so interesting because my wife just got a new marketing job as a marketing uh, manager. And for the last 12 months that she was looking, David, the amount of companies she applied for, she's like, what the F does this company actually do? And it, she, she's got upwards of like over 15 minutes that she spends on some of these websites going, I still don't know what they do. And it's yeah, so funny right. even to, it, to explain how bad this problem is. I was in the market for fractional marketing services like over like a half a year ago or something like that, and the amount of fractional CMO companies that I went to their website and I have no idea how they work, how to engage with them, how they right. charge—is it outcome based, value based, yeah. retainer based, hourly based—and it's just a, it's just absurd how, how like this. I don't want This will kind of shift us to this next conversation. Is like how frustrating it is as a buyer of services like i'm just putting my your and I's conversation where how frustrated you and i get just trying to engage with people because they make yeah. it so freaking hard <laughs> to yeah actually right. understand what they're doing and how do i work with you
1: yeah i know that's it, it, it it's it once you do it it's like it's makes everybody's life easier but i mean i've been sort of like working on this website of my own for for this the latest and greatest that you know what i'm doing now Every page of it, I am not not just the front page, but all pages. I'm looking at as okay. Can someone go to this page and in seven seconds they know what this page is about and how to engage for this particular part of what I do? All of it on a phone, you know, in this much space. Just it's it's got to be that, and that takes work and attention. The thing is, is it's it's a lot of, fr- it's a lot of sort of like attention that you need to spend one time at the front end of doing this stuff. And then you can just relax because you know that everybody is going to it and they're getting the message very quickly, boom, boom, boom. And you can really cut down on the expenses of 2 million Facebook ads and all that stuff that you t- talked about before, you know?
0: Well, and, and I, let's talk about like, I'm trying to think of how to, how to articulate this is like, it's so hard. I, I'll let's just use my example in the last <laughs> seven years of uh, of some pain that I, we went through to, to develop this. is like it's so damn hard when you're when you've got a lot of experience and you know you can provide a lot of value. and it is complicated what you do. that, that when you said that the stress goes down, when I finally got to the point with their messaging that I knew people understood, then that's when the stress dissipated. But it was yeah. the choice of words. That took so long to get there and watching watching how flat the messaging used to fall was just mm-hmm. so exhausting. Yet it felt like I was always trying to, to relate to the business owners or the people that are our potential clients. But there was seemed like this huge valley between what they needed and how I was describing what we were doing was helping them. So what is the process that's like when people are listening in here? How do you get to the point where you understand what their actual problems are and how you fit into it? And then how to keep it simple, but also within seven seconds. I mean, the whole thing is just a difficult. It
1: it, it takes plot. a lot more than seven seconds to do it. You know, <laughs> no, no, so no, no. It, the seven seconds to get no, someone know, to I to do their attention. Just, um, highlighting the fact <laughs> I see. that it, it does ta- it does take some front end work and attention. It's to come up with a simple message that is really uh, r- that really resonates and does the job. You know, it takes a lot of time at the front end, but then when you have it, you have it. So I'll tell a little bit of the story of your, of intentional Yeah, we can, can, yeah, we can, we can unpack that too. Because that was like, at the very, very beginning your service was associated with like financial planning or something. And you said, no, I don't, that's nothing to do with, I don't want to be, cause it's, that's way too limiting. And then it became, okay, well, it's about exit planning. And then exit planning, exit, various versions of exit planning. And like, this is like months or even years are passing where you're like, wow, uh, what, what it? Is was it was growth
0: and exit. It was growth and exit. It was, I mean, yeah. It was cause both you at once.
1: exit planning for a while. Then you went, well, yeah, but we have, we got to, we got to consider the growth part. So it's growth <laughs> and exit. Okay, great. And then they had that for a while. And then you got into, then you decided to name it Arcona, which is its own little story. And that's great. (laughs) Um, And then, and then it was, I remember this so clearly because you were like, yeah, but we need one idea, one concept, like traction, you know, that, that Gino Wickman's traction and the, and the tire on the cover of the book, you know, it's like, it, it, it has like this image that you can instantly identify with that also says what the company does in one little image. And we were sitting there on the phone and we were like, oh, oh, and you were, t- I said, just talk, just talk. What is it that you're trying to get at? what what, do you, what are your, what are the people saying about um, working with you? And what is it that you're trying to like highlight? And you were just talking and it was Pat was on the phone too. And you, you occasionally would say, it's just that they, they, I, they, they want to be intentional about what they do. They want to have a plan. They want to they, they get their intentions to be straight. And you kept, you use this word. And I said, hang on, I think that's the word we want intentional. And then you and Pat kind of were quiet for a minute. weren't like, Yeah, I think that's, I think that's great. And full
0: disclosure, I'm pretty sure I bought 90 domains uh, throughout this process.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So GoDaddy got a couple bucks for me throughout this entire process. (laughs) But the the idea here, so you went with intentional and then you guys put growth after it. So intentional growth and was like, that's exactly perfect. But the point I'm making for the audience here is that because you asked, how do you do this? You have to have someone else who's kind of, this is why what I do works, I think, is someone else who's outside the business that is just listening for the kinds of things that you automatically and organically say about what you're doing for your customers. This is, you need to have the data of who your customers are and how they think and what they, yeah, sure. You got to have that, but that does not lead to a message that sort of sits in a vault And a message is another whole step. And what I usually do is just get people talking and talking. And and honestly, once they get a little exasperated and a little tired, you know, and it's like, you know, we're looking at snack time. Can we just get the snack time? That's when the best stuff comes out. (laughs) They're they're not trying to make it correct. They're just going "Uh, and they're just talking. Damn it. It's uh, just someone
0: with intentional growth. Yeah.
1: You were like, (laughs) it's intentional. You were kind of like, God, I just want to, what is the word? And you kept like authentically using that word in trying to communicate to me what you were trying to figure out well and, <laughs> and one and,
0: one thing that I want to for this exercise for the audience like I was the customer we're now marketing towards right so like yeah, I yeah, kept yeah. literally going into my past going I remember when I was sitting at the computer and I didn't even know what to Google like I was like looking for help. Because I was, I had things that I wanted to do, but yeah. I didn't even know how to articulate them. So like, I think as part of this exercise, it's absolutely being in the mindset of the customer and what the hell they want and why, like yeah. people don't think yeah. about that. Enough. Right. It's more of like, here's how we do what we do and why we do what we do. It's like, that's irrelevant right now. This is about like, why the hell would someone want to even look at an ad or a website page of yours? It's only because it matters to them. And I think that's when you and I continue to, you know, riff back and forth in our on our happy hours and the get togethers It's like how ridiculous messaging is. Like, dude, the fact that I still have to watch commercials now on Hulu or whatever it is, it's like I don't randomly want to buy a car in the middle of my TV show. I know the car. It's just just, what a waste of money. But there's this (laughs) no people just don't understand the other side of the story most of the time.
1: Yeah. I mean it 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 takes I I I usually put it in I say you have to use your imagination. I think it, a lot of times people in business don't like the idea of imagination because it sounds random and uncontrolled it sounds um childlike it sounds not serious you know not time well spent. And I'm like nope it's your best friend. You have to actually just imagine what if I were the customer and what if I had this problem? so you're going to to use your imagination you're you're accessing the data that you know in your knowledge base but that so you know and then and then you go okay let's just like relax for a second and just like imagine i'm that person what am i thinking what am i feeling what am i wanting and these answers will start to come because they you're thinking of it from a different angle this is what i did with um a furniture company in town <laughs> which they they got cold feet and ended up sticking with their old messaging, which I don't think works at all. But they're their messaging us all about discount right now, discount, hey, and get this couch and that couch and 25% off this weekend only. That kind of really hardcore mail flyer kind of mm-hmm. sales stuff. And their lawyer is my contact to them. And he was like, they really need to refresh this and make it a wider message for more people. They want to be up, more upscale. And I'm like, well, nothing says not upscale like coupons in the mail for 25% off. So I got them to think of it. This came right from demand side sales. I was like, where is you? you, You're only speaking to customers who are right before buying. Mm -hmm. They've got the money in their hand. They just, should I go to that furniture store or that furniture store? Oh, this one has a discount. I'll go there. That's the only people you're talking to with that messaging. So I was like, why don't we dial it back and imagine that we're a customer like me, frankly, who's like, I don't really know I have a furniture problem. I just have a living space issue. Like mm-hmm. I don't, my, my living space seems dark and I don't like it. I'm not at the point of buying. I'm at the point of having that problem. So mm-hmm. if you can speak to that person in that state of mind, you're going to have a way wider net of people that you can message to and they ended up not doing it but it's like yeah but that would work and uh and let's talk uh, about why
0: people let's talk about why people don't do that and and like cuz i think it's fear i want to go back use my yeah. example and i want to hear your comments about why people have this fear but like i so like when we were going through the growth growth and exit planning kind of vernacular and then we landed on intentional growth and before we went through your discussions and then we, Pat and I went through and we did the story brand book together, but we built the, the, through this, the website. And it was like, it was terrifying not explain like, by the way, we have training and you're going to learn about valuations and EBITDA and exits yeah, right, and right. PE firms and ESAPs. And so it was like, here's everything we're going to do because out of this fear that people aren't going to know all the value they're going to get. And so I was doing it where like truly when we got to this point where like the process showed us that this is the simplest truth that is relating to their personal challenges. And it has nothing in it besides intentional growth, grow the value of your business with the end in mind to create wealth, enjoy work and make an impact. We're not talking about the training or the technical things in the training or the CFL no services. No one
1: cares about that at first. Your <laughs> like, your website does have information on that deeper in. Once they're interested, because you've got them interested in the in the first thing. So yeah, I mean, y- you guys coming up with what well, does it's, I feel bad
0: even using using our shit too much. Is, is yeah, like, no. let's go back to the furniture example. Yeah, yeah, or right. I'm even thinking of like it's specifically to hone in on this: the fear people have. Is that why they don't want to get to the simple truth? And yeah. Like, like, like what is yeah, it? Because
1: absolutely, it is. It's comfort zone. It's like it, it's comfortable to do what you've always done. This is the biggest p- obstacle that my work with people on messaging faces. Is I can come up with, or I help them come up with. We all come up with together the essence of what they do, and then put it into words. And they look at those words and they go. Damn, that's really says it. That's really what we do. And then they proceed a lot of times not to do it because it's going to require changing something. And if they change something, they go, oh, my God, what happens if we change it? And then it doesn't work. And then we lose money and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, I mean, if you're going to grow at all, it's you're going to have to break some eggs to make the omelet. You know, you're going to have to mm-hmm. do a couple of things differently and change the form of stuff and risk a tiny setback for a short time to get a way bigger payoff mm-hmm. down the line. And that you're 100% right. It's all about a fear of risk. And the and bigger think, the company, the bigger the risk, you know? Right. And I think that what mitigates that fear of that risk
0: is knowing your customers more intimately yeah. and what the freaking problems are right. that you're solving because then like when i real, we went through all that exercise i'm like truly it's the people who are so sick and tired of waking up every year in the same spot spending right. all the time and money and headaches and all that stuff and going i haven't made any progress towards something and what is that oh it's more wealth more happiness and a yeah. bigger impact and it's like okay that's truly what they're, and they're so frustrated with that constant. And I, and, and I came up with those kind of thought that those some of my, those ideas with Pat when we were like, that's exactly how I felt, which is why we sold the business because we felt so trapped and we shouldn't have. And so yeah. like, but I went, yeah. I was tapping into my own background, David, versus like, I think customer or companies and owners listening in, the more they know their clients and understand their problems, the less fear they might have. And I don't know how you've seen other people get to that point
1: yeah no that's exactly it the thing that i'll again point out what you're saying is you're using because i lot wasn't clear of, again no well uh, no, <laughs> i'm just gonna highlight that you're okay. using you're using emotional language so people are frustrated with such and such and such they're sick and tired of such and such and such and that this is the problem that your company's addressing or a good company is going to tap right in to that emotional layer with their customers and what is bothering them and causing them some kind of anxiety or frustration or pain or something. And then the message needs to somehow speak to that very quickly. And that's the most visceral response people are going to have is that. But it, it requires a fair amount of empathetic, understanding of other humans. (laughs) I mean, you could get, you could just get into this a little bit deeper and go, that's a, that's a thing that it would be good for all of us to practice on a daily basis all the time, not just thinking about our business, but the more you can practice, like just, well, what is that other person maybe feeling right now in Mm -hmm. traffic? Or what is that other person feeling at the store that I'm just around? Or, or, close people in my in my personal life? What are they maybe feeling? Mm-hmm. And just spend a second and go, um, okay, I think I can kind of figure out what they're probably feeling. And the more you do that, the more automatic it comes on a personal level. And then it becomes automatic to do it on a more macro level with your mm-hmm. own customers. But you can't get that kind of thing by just uh, running you know surveys and spreadsheets and stuff only you have to also use your own humanity
0: <laughs> well and and, no. and and i want to kind of switch to kind of the macro picture which you and i love uh riffing off of is that yeah yeah like i'm gonna in no particular order and i don't even know if there's gonna be a question here but i want to teach something up to you is like i think it's more of like a, an observation is i think what's happened over the last call it five to seven years of the proliferate, proliferation of podcasting, YouTube, and other forms of content that circumvent big media and politics. So 10 years ago, it would be like, politicians stand up and tell us what to do, which we all know how we all feel about that already. Yeah. And then yeah. big media goes, we're gonna control the narrative and we have, you, have, you have the Sunday paper and you have the local news and you have the yeah. big four channels and listen to this shit. And that's, they don't, they didn't have to, be creative. So now what they're all right. big media's panicking, getting clickbait bullshit, spreading misinformation because they don't actually know their audience at all. Like politicians know shit about the American public and what they right. want. Right. And yeah. so here we are in this whole different world where like you and I have been talking about podcasters now. I mean, Russell Brand has like five and a half million subscribers. I mean, Joe Rogan or <laughs> yeah, Sam right. Harris or Sam Harris or Jordan Peterson. whatever yeah. anybody thinks about these people, I don't care, and is not the point. It we can't ignore or we can't ignore the fact that you know CNN's top news whatever gets nine hundred thousand people, and now like random people that are podcasting are getting four million. Yeah, because right, what are they doing? They're talking to us yeah. on a human-to-human basis and not being patronizing or condescending. And I and I think maybe the comment or thought in here is that I think that the the business community has been using the old way that ha- we've been kind of trained on how to buy and going, hey, like it's now time for us to lean into the humanity because the difference between big business and big media is they truly don't know what the hell's going on in normal America. But the companies and the business owners that we're talking to right now do.
1: Yeah, Like they right, actually right.
0: have the the secret sauce that is potentially there for their success down the road. I, I, yeah. I don't get, like I said, I don't know if there's a question it, there it, or yeah.
1: I, I can always find something to respond to and all that. <laughs> That's why I like it. That's why we're friends. It's like, Hey, here's Ryan's random shit. And like, David's going to make yeah. something of it. <laughs> I think it's, um, So, okay. So what you're describing here is there's a lot going on in that. So if we go back to the idea of big media, CNN, whatever, ABC, you know, whatever, versus all these podcasters, we have a preconceived notion that CNN or any of the big companies is filtering everything that they're doing. Like they're, 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 they're curating and orchestrating what we're hearing. Now we don't know that for sure, but we pretty much suspect that's probably what's going on. The whole thing's very slick it's very organized and you know and then you listen to a podcast where he's just like hey i'm just talking i'm just i'm real yeah man i'm just talking in my microphone it's picking it up you know so we get an <laughs> instant we get an instant sense of it being authentic okay now the thing is is that uh, to really have a feeling that you trust someone you it takes time i t- this is one of the things i talk about with the lawyers when they're doing opening statements is that you need that jury to trust you immediately, but trust takes a long time to build. Real trust takes a long time to build. So, if we're trying to trust some kind of news outlet, be it a big one or you know a podcast, it, it's going to take some time for an experience with that thing to go. Okay, enough repetition of something that I trust is happening, and now I'm going to venture my. I'm going to allow my trust. I'm going to give my trust. So the game of messaging becomes how do you get people to have that sense of trust in that seven seconds or that 30 seconds? It can't possibly be real trust yet, but it has to feel like trust and it has to uh, open the door that you will, they will allow you then to do more so that they will eventually truly trust you, but a lot of messaging shuts the door, bam, right at the outset, and there's no you have no sense of trust in the beginning, so it can't be built, and that's a huge problem, I think.
0: Well, and let's talk about like why words and the choice of words matter, and like how yeah. do you how do you take what you just said because I think it's one of the most important things you, we've talked about so far. Is that's really what we're trying to do is build trust and empathy yeah. right away. But again, like the. Oh, what was I talking, someone was over this conference recently. It was like, you know, this whole thing with trust or like authenticity, like you can't do that on purpose. All Like you're either are authentic or not, or you're either kind of are trustworthy or not. And it's like, so then to manufacture that seems weird or okay. like not natural. Oh, okay. I can see yeah. you, you got something so, to say. Okay,
1: <laughs> I'm going to try to rein in all the stuff I have to say about that, um, because that is the core issue with our culture. in it, it, it right now, I think on this topic is this this confusion about what authenticity is, because any actor can tell you that the the objective God. of the play or the scene is to get the audience to believe that person that you are playing on the stage. It has to be, you cannot fake it really. But at the same time, you got to play that character eight shows a week for months. So can it really be really, really real? Especially if you're playing somebody real who's like, you know, crazed serial killer or something. I mean, can it really be really real? No, it can't be. But it has to have a sense of authenticity about it in that moment that the audience can relate to. And so it is is—it is real authenticity, but on cue when you need authenticity to happen. Any good actor can tell you how, that this is a very, very ordinary state to be in. The microphone goes on and you're like, okay, I am now going to... Clear up my mind, get really focused and centered, and be completely authentic right now into the microphone. This is the tone where you are authentic, but it's also kind of on purpose. (laughs) You know? (laughs) Well, and Um, I'm thinking about back to in back to when you and I were going
0: through the five principles and working on my keynote. It was practice, 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 practice. And then you don't have to worry about the words or the medium. You get to have all that. you can fill in with how that works on the, uh, in the acting world or like even with the lawyers, but that all that shit dissipates. And then you can actually focus on being yourself because you're not having to worry about all the mechanics that screw up.
1: This is, oh my God, this is so, yeah. When, if I just zero in on the, on giving a presentation, everybody thinks, uh, practicing the thing is going to kill it. It's going to kill all of the spontaneity and it's, oh my God, man, I can't, if I practice, I'm going to get so like stiff and it's going to feel like, (laughs) no, and and people, it's not going to be real. So I've got, I got to like, just, I got to just kind of like get my, I'm going to put together a bullet point list and I'm going to go out there and just talk because I'm awesome. And the emperor's new clothes, right? Or whatever you said. This is why, this is why I think podcasts are so popular is because you more or less can just function off of a sketch of what you're going to talk about. That's the, that's the environment. That's what's expected. And people can just click it off if they're bored, you know, but if you're doing a, if you're doing a live presentation, just talking isn't work. It doesn't work because it's too random. It's too free associated. It's too, it doesn't, it's not considering the audience, but at the same time, reading something off a sheet of paper or memorizing it word for word, when you're not an actor, That doesn't work either because it's too stiff. So the sweet spot is right in the middle where you have exactly like you said, you've spent the time organizing the whole thing meticulously and carefully and practice it over and 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 over over until it becomes effortless. And now Mm -hmm. you can just live in it. I mean, no one wants to, I always say this, no one wants to see actors doing a play on the second day of rehearsal. It's like awful. No one would pay money for this. (laughs) Professional actors, it's awful. I've seen it a million times. They practice it hundreds and hundreds of times before an audience sees it, and then they can just relax back and like totally invest in that moment. It takes that much work to be effortless, you
0: know? And how I can personally relate to that over my last eight years is, The first five years, it as I was developing the five principles before I partnered up with Pat and now Matt. It was, what do you do? I I don't really fucking know what I do. Like, but I'm gonna for sure help you. Like, and I've got a lot of ideas and a lot of experience. But then it was like, as in like the panic and the anxiety of going to conferences or talking to clients or sending out ads or doing a blog or what. Like, there was a lot of anxiety because it's like I don't know what they're. I haven't. I haven't done the the work, the rehearsal, like you were talking about, to figure yeah. out exactly what the client's problems are and how we fit into that and how the words matter for them to be in that seven seconds to start with the trust and start the conversation. And yeah. now it's right. like it's effortlessly happening, right? Yeah. And, so, it's, and, and like, so just for the audience listening in, like that extra work where you're like, hey, we don't have time for that it's the whole if you get 6 hours to chop down a tree spend the first 4 sharpening the axe and it truly works and the feeling of less stress is real and it yeah, just right. and then it and then that that could be deployed via ads online it could be in sales presentations keynote presentations on the podcast and that all every time you have those opportunities doesn't become a stressful endeavor of having to recreate some I remember back and I don't know if you want, if you got comments on this, but like every time someone wants to do like a new website page or new product launch or new this, they recreate and have to like, they think that they have to have another magic bullet every time. And in the effort of doing that, they make everything worse.
1: Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it, it if you've, if you've carefully, I love this sharpening the ax metaphor. That's great. If you've carefully sharpened the ax and you really know what your business is about and you have carefully got it down to like a good idea that can be articulated three or four different ways in words, but it's like this core idea, then every time you introduce a new aspect of that business, it should be wired right back to that core idea. And it really isn't that much work to, you just go, okay, well, we've got a new service and, and it's easy to link back to that core idea because we did the work to cre- not just create the idea, but like you said, create a business that has a, that, that is coherent and makes sense. I think there's a lot of people, I've definitely been falling into this myself, that when they are forming their business, they're trying to be everything to everybody all the time. They're trying to do way too many things and and so that in it from your angle, that in and of itself is a problem. like maybe you know weed out some of the stuff that you shouldn't even be doing at all. Well, and, and uh, then, let's let's
0: take that and relate that actually to how people can do that. Because a lot of times, David, people use their gut to do that. And yeah, very, very, very guilty of that. Was a victim of that for sure. Um, victim of myself. <laughs> is a, <laughs> yeah. is a, If you look at your financials and you say product line or by service line, what the hell do we make the most amount of money on? Where are our highest contribution margins? And then it becomes obvious like we shouldn't do this shit because we don't make any money off of that. Now yeah. you don't have to message to it or if we double right. down on these products and services because we make the highest amount of margins on that oh maybe we should refine our messaging to these i mean it, like, it becomes so unsafe of where directionally do we want to focus the messaging to enhance the bottom line it's not that damn complicated but right. people I mean, use so much gut off of it it's ridiculous
1: yeah you do, you you do that and then and then and then i think the thing is is when you do get into messaging it you put together Uh, you know, various ideas and various wording to describe that particular aspect, that service or that part of your business. If you can't make any connection back to the core idea of your company, that's another indication. Maybe you probably should just break that piece off and form a different company to do that Mm -hmm. thing or just cut it off entirely. If you can't for the life of you make any connection in words, there probably isn't a connection,
0: you know? So I want to, as I know we're getting short on time here is... I want to go back. For some reason, I get so intrigued with your practice with the with the attorneys because yeah, you truly yeah. have normal people, a diverse set of normal people sitting on a bench judging yeah. you from the moment you start talking. And you've told me so many stories of when you'd be working on these 20 minute presentations and you give it to the attorney and everybody's been probably laughing about this. So it's one page and you get it back and it's like, 17 pages <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah right right this
0: is this boiling it down to simplicity and another layer of a concept on top of this David is when you and I were talking in, or in December and we were talking about kind of how art I have this weird appreciation of art now more so than I've ever had where because there's so much shit that's so complicated right now but then yeah. you start to realize that in art or like whether it's a, a play or a poem or a picture or whatever it is how they boil it down to the simple truth that's oh yeah in that. Yeah, And so like, the combination of what you're doing with the attorneys and then art, it just kind of like maybe give some of the ideas of like how to find the simple truth in something that's happening. Like, I don't know how you go about doing it or how, like what happens when you get those sheets that you have to cut through and like, how do you know that it's the noise?
1: Well, I, I think that the, the angle I'd like to answer that from is really like when people are trying to create an end result, Okay. especially in business, but I would say it's kind of anywhere, they tend to want to get to the end result. They want to go like, okay, I am, you know, I'm creating an opening statement, so I will sit down and write an opening statement. And I'm like, yeah, and I have this whole thing in my presentation about this is maybe don't start with trying to write it down. Maybe start because it's ultimately going to be spoken. Why don't you start by speaking it? Just like spitball what you might kind of say and then write some stuff, then throw that away, and then talk again. So the answer to how do you do this is to not aim for the end result too fast. And you're going to start to find that you are going to accidentally say exactly the right thing sometimes. And you're going to have a lot of revision. That's another thing is people don't like revision. They like to get it right on like the second try. And I'm like, no, I mean, no artist (laughs) worth their salt gets any, I mean, Every now and then you hear about, okay, they had a brilliant, like Paul McCartney woke up with a tune yesterday in his head and wrote it down. And it's a, that is a true story. But how many millions of hours did the guy work on other stuff slavishly before he got that one moment of, that barely ever happens. So it's like, generally people who work on a good piece of art that when you see it, it is boiled down to the essence. It's because it went through a hundred million revisions to get there. And they went, this is the core of the whole thing. And I, I can't say enough. I mean, that's how it that's just how it which, works. No. Which is
0: tying into eventually the emotions and what the person wants to feel about that interaction. Right. I mean, that's yeah. really what it is all boiled down to. And I think um it's I don't know, man. Like I'm trying to think of the example that we were talking about in December where like you, you it's what what is it? Is it Einstein that was talking about taking the complex and making it simple and how damn hard that is? Or what? what, what yeah. I mean, there's a, There was another example, David, that you, I think you and I have talked about of like, um, was it Mark Twain or whatever? It said? Oh,
1: yeah, that the letter thing. Yeah. That, you,
0: okay. You're perfect. Why don't you tell the story? Because I think that's it's been, amazing.
1: That's been attributed to Mark Twain, Abraham Lincoln. I mean, lots of people, but it doesn't really matter because what it is is I, I would have written you a shorter letter, but I didn't have the time. <laughs> <laughs> which is you know?
0: which is the I think that is the best summary of like what we've been talking about, which it yeah. takes time to boil this down. And it takes an intimate knowledge of what your customers need.
1: Yeah. And then the time to relate it. You can't, I mean, what we're talking about here, just to kind of summarize this is that there to get to the simple messaging, that's going to have the most resonance with your audience. You have to do all kinds of work on who you are and what your business is. And like all of that, that you're talking about. And, and then understand that the message is not just going to like pop, you know, like, automatically appear after you've done that work. That's another set of work that has to be done to take your company and then put it into that nice, elegant, simple. And again, I will say it's not all one tagline. I mean, I use the 10,000 songs in your pocket thing. Yeah, it's not, it's not about getting one tagline. It's getting a core idea that might have four or five or six different, slightly different applications of that idea, depending on whether it's a website or a social media post or something else. But it's, that's to start the
0: conversation. That's the whole point.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's the whole point is to start the conversation. And I think, you know, also to, to also summarize, like so many people go work on their marketing and their messaging when they don't know they don't have a strategic plan and they don't have that tied to where they actually make money. Yeah. So people get in these rooms and I, my heart goes out for all the marketing and sales people out there because this happens every day. And then you get into this room of a bunch of executives and all they do is fight because no one actually knows where they make their damn money. And then all the people right. that are fighting are coming out. Well, I'm good at this and I'm good at this and I do the audit division or I do the, uh, you know, the, to tool and die division or whatever it is and so that's what we need to talk about it's like well yeah. you have two percent of the revenue so pound sand it's like yeah. it doesn't matter like we're, we don't need to focus on that so i think you know yes you said you said we have to spend the time but the first part is figuring out where you should spend the time
1: well it's, yeah i mean it's it, it's it's a uh, yeah i mean i don't know i it, it Also, people a lot of times have heard this word story and storytelling, and we should be telling a story and we need a story brand. And they've heard this vaguely kind of tossed around and they have no idea what they're going to do, what that means even. So where you're saying you can go around a table and like everybody who works in the company is fighting because they don't really know what the company does. I would say, okay, everybody go around the story. How are we going to reflect this in store? What's, What's the story? And somebody's going to say, well, the history of our company is blah, blah, blah. I'm like bored. I'm bored already. (laughs) I'm also going to say the story is, and they're going to give me a bullet point list of everything that they offer. I'm like, I'm totally bored, really bored with that. (laughs) And nobody means the same thing when they say story. And the only story that matters for marketing is the customer's story. Who are they? What are they striving for? What's their problem? And how are you going to, on an emotional level, and how are you the person who is best suited to solve that problem for them? That's the classic story brand thing, but it's not story brand. It's just hero's journey. I mean, this is Joseph Campbell's hero's journey, just boiled down to the core. You know? And then what
0: I, what I had issues with, with at, well, I mean, not, I didn't have issues with the story brand framework cause it's a great framework, but then well, you have this like great story, but like you're, how is it different on a podcast ad versus a podcast commercial or a keynote presentation or a sales handout? Like what words need to be used in each of those. That's where it kind of gets to your point of getting that story, the key, the key idea and then putting it in the right format on the right medium that you're using. So we could keep going forever and we'll spare the (laughs) spare the audience anymore. Uh, (laughs) Yes. And we have, uh, it's in the middle of the day. So no beers here. Um, (laughs) But uh, the, for the audience that wants to know more about your process or how to find you, what, what is the, I don't know if you want to give an overview of the practice or maybe just go to your new website. What is the best best way to reach you?
1: Yeah, by the time this airs, the website will be up. It's just uh, www.asimplemessage.com. Asimplemessage.com. I had to put the "ah." Uh, there. And if you
0: don't know what David does when you go there, you have full, total yeah, permission to point. reach out to both of us and right. be like, dude, you failed. <laughs> right.
1: Well, I mean, it's, you know, I got to say, I am a, I am you know, the reason I do this is because it's been a struggle for me over the, I mean, switching from being like a full-time artist to doing this stuff. Well, there were some messaging problems. I didn't understand audiences. I mean, yeah, there was a whole, so I, it's, it, it's I have to remind myself to do this too. Uh, but that's go to the website. Um, probably we'll have it clickable on the, on the podcast here somewhere. And it's, that's the best way to get in touch. Well, with me.
0: Well, will you, uh, will you, Give us a gift of any of the commercials or things that you've done in the past, where I can link those on the website or not. Oh, sure. a, yeah, yeah. I mean, so David, David, I have seen David do so many ridiculous commercials. I'm like, man, you are brilliant. There, I mean, <laughs> it's everything from medical device commercials yeah. that you can only imagine where your head would go to these plays to different things. So, uh, if yeah, we can snag I mean, a couple of those.
1: There's been uh, lots, lots of what I do now is voiceover though. So it's not me on camera, but I could, I could send you whatever, but it's, I mean, I got to say voiceover has, has been the, it, it is like the, it is, it, you have to sit down and read this terrible copy. This is why it's so ironic that I do this. Cause I'm like, I actually have, I can't change what they're saying in their stupid ad that's not well-written. That's not, that doesn't have a clear message. They haven't hired me to fix any of that. I just have to read it and make it sound like it's really good by strictly only my vocal inflection and vocal tone to make their bad message sound like a good one. (laughs) (laughs) So no, no lipstick on that pig. That's pretty much what it is. Right. Um, Last question.
0: I always ask what people uh, what their definition of intentional is because it's the name. And so now you're you're on the spot with the one that's been helping uh, part of the you've been part of the journey. So what's your definition of the word intentional?
1: Oh, uh, knowing where you want to go. I mean, having a having a a feeling that is motivating you forward. That's how I describe intentional. Love it, man! Thanks so much for coming on the show, David. You bet! Thank you for having me.
0: Well, that was a lot of fun. As you could probably tell, I enjoyed it a lot. I like to have a lot of fun with David. His ability to break down the complicated to make it simple is so huge. And my big suggestion is, is if you have a clear strategic plan on what products and services you want to market and why you and your company and your culture are the best people to provide those products and services to your customers, if you go through that exercise and then you roll those into the financials to understand where you make the most amount of money and which product and services and how that ties to your quota that all rolls down into your normalized EBITDA. Therefore, the value of the business. It's way easier to build a marketing message that is tied to what you do best as a business and how their your your products or services are going to be solving the problems of your customers. And you can be confident that the story that you're and the messaging that you're making is tying to the profitability and the value of your business. Because otherwise, it's just noise. So I highly check out. I highly suggest you check out the intentional growth online training. Go to arcona.io. We got three different ways to to access it. And we've got an upcoming group peer, peer virtual cohort. If you want to check that out Um, again, intentionalgrowth.io and the curriculum and the trainings all online, Uh, all online. And you can see what's in the curriculum. If you're interested in signing up for one of the trainings coming up, thanks everybody for tuning in. And I will see you next week.